I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Marty Harding. And welcome to Animation and Beyond. That's right. And this week we have kind of a specific topic for you. We're going to be discussing situations in which an actor passed away while playing a character in an animated movie and then was replaced by another voice actor. Yeah, it's a really interesting thing I like to think about. Yeah. And pretty specific. There aren't a lot of circumstances, but we have several examples that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So before that, we are going to do an actor feature on Mr. Robert De Niro. Yeah. He's a legendary award-winning actor famous for things like Goodfellas and The Godfather. Yeah, Robert De Niro has been acting in movies forever, it seems like. He's been in dozens and dozens of films. He's often a lead in those films. He's still acting in films. His most recent film was in 2019. He was in The Irishman, which was a movie about um, mobsters and the mafia. And he's been in a lot of movies like that. He was also been in um, The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, the 2000 movie. That's right. And he was in Goodfellas and The Godfather. I know. And what kind of animated movie was he in, Ezra? Oh, he voiced Don Lino in the DreamWorks Animation's 2004 movie, Shark Tale. And do you remember what kind of character Don Lino was? Like the leader of the moth, the gang of those scary sharks. Yeah, so it's funny because the one voice acting role that Robert De Niro has, he was pretty much the same role that he often plays of a mobster uh, but in shark form, in an animated, in the body of an animated shark. <laughs> yeah, I remember that film that starred Will Smith, Jack Black, Renee Zellweger, uh, um, Martin Scorsese, and Angelina Jolie. Yeah, it was an all-star cast, so it it makes sense that Robert De Niro was in there with everyone else. I know. How are my little babies this morning? You miss me? You doing good? Huh? You see, Sykes, it's a fish-eat-fish world. You either take or you get taken. Now, you and me, we worked together a long, long, long time. <laughs> Please, Don Lino, it's hardly been like work. Let me finish. <laughs> and you know, and I love that about let you. me finish, that I've lived my life for my sons, raising them and protecting them. You're the best. Teaching the best, right? them. Am I right or am I wrong? Sykes. Huh? Am I right? It's all been to right. prepare to prepare them. Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. For the day they run the reef. Do you know of any upcoming projects Robert De Niro has, Ezra? I'm not sure. Could you see him voice acting in another animated film in the future? Not I don't I'm not that I know of. Well, actually, he was also in one called Arthur and the Invisibles that came out in 2006. It's not as well known. Oh, got it. What's that one about? But a boy named Arthur who ends up in a magical world of creatures called the Invisibles. So he was just in these two films. Well, he was on others, but I'm assuming in some shows, but not that I know of. Gotcha. Well, I looked at his filmography and it only listed these two as animated voice acting roles. Hmm, Interesting, yeah. But he has such a specific voice, you know? Yeah. Robert De Niro is one of those people who, when he talks, you recognize him instantly. You wouldn't even have to see his face because he's got this kind of New York, Brooklyn accent. He's got a pretty low, gruff voice. Yeah. So, 
anyways, I'm just surprised that he hasn't been, you know, a voice in more films because he has that really unique voice with a unique sound. Yeah, I can see why. Interesting. That's it. That's it. You are out. What? What do you mean I'm out? You're fired. <laughs> and on top of that, you're going to have to stop paying me. For what? So nothing happens to that little whale wash of yours. Alright, so today we are talking about instances in which a actor was voice acting a character in a movie and then at some point in another, either after the conclusion of the first movie or in some cases part of the way through, the actor passed away and they had it to be replaced by another voice actor. Yeah. Which one would you like to start with, Ezra? Um, Slinky from Toy Story, from the Toy Story movies. So I've got a clip of the original Slinky here, voiced by... The late Jim Barney. And what else is Jim Barney famous for? Like, Ernest? I think his last final film, which he was which was dedicated to him and he was posthumously in, was Disney's Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Who was he in that? He played... He voiced, um, he voiced uh, Jebediah Cookie Barnsworth. I knew you'd come back, Woody. I knew you'd come back, Woody. Woody? 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 All right, and so then who took over after Jim Varney passed away? That was Blake Clark. Blake Clark. All right, of Blake Clark. How do we do that? Well, I might be old, but I still got a spring in my step. Hey, Woody, have fun at college. All right, do you hear a difference between those two voices? Yeah, like it sounds slightly similar, though, but different, though, because it's interesting, coincidentally, he was good friends with the late Jim Varney. Oh, interesting. So maybe he had heard Jim Varney talk in other situations, and so he was more familiar with his voice. Yeah. It makes sense that you would want to get someone who was really familiar with the former actor's voice in order for them to be able to more easily emulate that voice, right? I know. Well, he voiced Slinky in Disney on Ice shows and in the Toy Story musical for the cruises that debuted in 2008 before he voiced him in the third Toy Story movie. Did he voice anything for Slinky while Jim Varney was still alive? Mm, I don't think so. Because I know sometimes it's common for them to have a really high-priced voice actor. For example, um, Tom Hanks or Robin Williams. Like These guys have voiced big characters, but then they got someone else who they didn't have to pay as much to do voicing for commercials and spinoffs and video games and such. But- yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think he only voiced him after, after, his, after Jim Varney's death. Gotcha. So it was a full replacement. Yeah. All right. So what's another example of this? Fillmore from the Cars franchise. Wow, this organic fuel is great. Why haven't I heard about it before? It's a conspiracy, man. The oil company's got a grip on the government. They're feeding us a bunch of lies, man. Okay, I'll take a case. (laughs) Remember that funny part. All right, and then let's find um, a clip of Fillmore in Cars 2. Because Fillmore in Cars 2 was replaced by... 
Lloyd Cher, but Fillmore in the first was voiced by the late comedian George Carlin, who was famous for being a stand-up comedian. Yeah, and in that first Cars movie, he was absolutely hilarious, as we heard. And he was a hippie, a psychedelic Volkswagen. Yeah, total stoner, psychedelic, oh, peace, love, joy, man. I know, yes, and he's one of the supporting characters in the franchise. Yeah, and he was a he was a really unique character. He added a lot of comedy to the to the first Cars film for sure. Yes, I know George Carlin, who was famous for a lot of things. All right, so now um, let's hear Lloyd share as Fillmore. Fillmore. Lying that I switched out that rot good excuse for alternative fuel with my all natural, sustainable, organic biofuel just because I never trusted Axelrod. You're dead wrong, man. <sighs> that was from one of the Carstune shorts, Nails or Mediator Springs from 2013. That still would have been Lloyd Cher, though, right? Yes, because that came out like a couple years after the second Cars movie. Did you hear a difference in his voice? Yes, voiced by somebody else who who's not nearly as famous because he did mostly voice actors, voice roles. He was also in voiced a minor character in DreamWorks Animation's Turbo. He was also voiced Everett, a minor character in the 2006 film Barnyard. Oh, cool. So he was a serial voice actor. Yeah. He's also been in shows like, like Hey Arnold, um, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and S- Star versus the Forces of Evil. Gotcha. It's interesting how voice actors who play iconic characters like Fillmore really don't get as famous as live action actors. Interesting, yeah. Like George Carlin was already famous before he was brought on to play Fillmore, right? I know, yes. And he was famous for other things too, like, for instance, famous comedy shows, and he was one of the original narrators of the U.S. dub of the long-running children's TV series, Thomas and Friends. Yeah, so it's funny because they chose him because he was already funny, but even though they were only going to use his voice for the role, yeah, they just kind of trusted that these people's voices will still be as funny as they are a person. <laughs> and he, he passed away just a couple years after the first Cars came out and Pixar was already working on a second film, and they, that's how they, why they eventually found a new person to voice Fillmore. So he passed away after the production of the second Cars movie had already started? Well, before well, they already worked, but they hadn't cast any, none, none of the cast members from the first had been reprised yet, or the actors who were voicing the new characters. Okay, so they did have time to still find someone new. Yeah, yeah. All right, so what's our next example? It's um, Laverne from Disney's The Hunchback of Notre Dame. The Hunchback of Notre Dame, that's right. So I have a clip here of Hugo, Victor, and Laverne. Quasimodo's three gargoyle friends. That's right. And here they are from the first movie. Hey, hey, hey. what gives? Aren't you going to watch the festival with us? I don't get it. Perhaps he's sick. Impossible. If 20 years of listening to you two hasn't made him sick by now, nothing will. But watching the Festival of Fools has always been the highlight of the year for Quasimodo. What good is watching a party if you never get to go here? Get away from me. Go on, you bunch of buzzards. He's not made of stone like us. Yeah, the, the, film, got a, the film got a direct-to-video sequel in 2002, I remember. But it sounds like the voice of Laverne changed before the first one was even finished, huh? Yes, that's right. That's why she she passed away at the age of 85 in October 22nd, 1995. 
several months before the film came out in June of 1996. I thought those gargoyles were really funny. Oh, yeah, they are. They're a big source of comedy. Because that movie, the rest of the characters are kind of sad a lot of the time, don't you think? But I thought it was a dramedy, a drama comedy. Absolutely. But I'm saying that the gargoyles provided the comedy because so many other characters provided the drama. Would you agree? Yeah, but... Yeah, I would, yeah. But this one... But the second voice who stepped in to record the remaining lines for Laverne was Withers. Jane Withers. So Mary Wicks only was able to record part of the role's lines, and then Jane Withers stepped in to fill the rest of them. Uh, During the film's post-production. Gotcha. So in the movie, we can hear both voices, huh? Yeah, like towards the end of the movie, I remember, like, like at the end of the film, when everybody celebrates Quasimodo's heroism, like the funny part when she once again gets pestered by some bunch of birds. That's right, and she snaps at them. Saying, don't you ever migrate! Now, I'm curious, Ezra, I don't think that films are, are let's see, I don't think that lines for, for characters in films are recorded in the order that they appear in the film, are they? Hmm... No, not necessarily, though. Some, they just record various lines, and then they decide which parts of the film they go in. So it'd be interesting because the voice of Mary Wicks isn't necessarily the first half of the film, and then Jane Withers, the second half of the film. They could be right next to each other, the two different voices, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting, though. Jane Withers reprised her role once again as... Laverne and Hunchback from Notre Dame 2, the direct-to-video sequel, six years later, and she retired from acting in 2002. And it's probably easier for them to get away with swapping out a voice like that in a film, or with a character that's a lot smaller in the film. That gargoyle probably doesn't have that many lines, huh? In, in either of the movies. Figured a Quasimodo who was kind and had good advice for him. Yeah, so she definitely has plenty of lines and they're and they're important and like we said they provided a lot of comedy. Yeah, those guys were the comic those three gargoyles were the comic relief characters. Mm-hmm. All right, so moving on, what other examples do you have? Um Scuttle from the Little Mermaid uh in the the Little Mermaid the original film and its direct to video sequel, The Little Mermaid 2: Return to the Sea was voiced by the late comedian Buddy Hackett. Buddy Hackett, the original voice actor, passed away in 2003. And who replaced him? Maurice LaMarche voiced him in Ariel's beginning. Does Scuttle sing? Well, that, well, he had a very poor voice. Like in the Kiss the Girl sequence, he was trying to sing, but he couldn't sing very well. That's right, that's right. So he tries to sing. Yeah, but I liked Scuttle. He was hilarious. He was, and that's another voice that I feel like the part is small enough that they kind of could easily get away with swap- with swapping out the voice because you just had to mimic exactly what we just heard, the wah, 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 wah. <laughs> yes, I mean, I thought he was one of the funniest characters. Mm-hmm. What else have you got for us, example-wise? Like some classics, early classics that have had a legacy, for instance, like Winnie the Pooh, the original voice of Winnie the Pooh, as well as the Cheshire Cat, Caw from the Jungle Book, and several other characters, was Sterling Holloway. Sterling Holloway. 
And some of his characters were around for a really long time. And then he he retired from acting before he passed away. And then Jim Cummings, who's a recurring voice actor who's been in a lot of things, became the role of Pooh. And then later as well, the voice of Tigger after Paul Winchell retired. So he actually stepped down from the role. And that's why he was replaced, not necessarily because he passed away. He retired in 1986, long before he passed away. Or, for instance, when Mel Blank, who was famous for voicing many Looney Tunes, passed away in 1989, some other voice actors took over for, for the voices of the characters he had voiced. So what I'm noticing with a lot of these examples is that because they're animated characters and they're really lovable, funny, unique characters... It doesn't really matter that the voice actor changed. Does it? Did you notice any of these, Ezra? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Now they're trying to find the best person who has the voice that sounds the most similar to, to the one who passed away. Yeah, but I guess I'm thinking about how ultimately the character is already written. Like, character of Fillmore already existed, and so they just had someone else step into, say, those lines. It wasn't like... It was changing the appearance or anything else of the character. It was just the voice. Yeah, same idea like Jerry Nelson, who was the original performer for The Count on Sesame Street, passed away in 2012. And after his death, Matt Vogel took over. And and then like Wayne Allwain, when he was the voice of Mickey Mouse, when he passed away in 2009, um, someone else took over as the voice of Mickey Mouse. Brett Iwin took over as the voice of Mickey following Wayne Alwyn's death. Yeah. So this is pretty common for characters who have existed longer than the life of a human probably could. So after they pass away, they look and hire a new actor to take over. Yeah. Because the important part is that that actor is helping that character stay alive. Yes. Or certain certain characters there, like for instance... Although they had Fillmore with a new voice actor, Doc Hudson, who was voiced by Paul Newman, after Paul Newman passed away, but they sadly retired the Doc Hudson character and made him pass away because they weren't, probably because they weren't, they couldn't find anybody good enough to replace him. Or maybe because the character, or just the character was just an old elderly character. That's a good point. Yeah, sometimes they, you know... They make the choice to just retire the character and have the character disappear when the voice actor disappears. Yeah. It's interesting how in these other examples that we've talked about today, they chose to hire someone new and keep that, keep that character going. Yeah. Which you kind of have to with a character as big as, you know, Slinky, but they didn't necessarily have to have the exact same three gargoyles in the second hunchback of Notre Dame, for example. Right. Which not nearly, not nearly as many people remember that one as well. Exactly. So it's just interesting and, and, and much more common than I think people realize, unfortunately. I know, like, when I grew up with a lot of these things when I was little, I didn't realize the voices were different, how different the voices were in the newer things compared to the older ones. Yeah, and I think in order to notice, you would have to hear them right next to each other. And even then, you might not really be able to identify them. I know. This was such a wonderful and interesting podcast about about behind voice actors in films like who have passed away and then someone else was hired for to continue voicing the character. Perfect. And so now with that feature presentation, we're going to move on to answering last week's trivia question. 
Because yet again, we forgot to do it at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Cree Summer, who voiced Cleo in Clifford the Big Red Dog. She voiced um, Abigail Lincoln, a.k.a. number five. She's been in other things, a lot of things too, like she was in Tiny Toon Adventures, voiced Kida in Disney's The Lost Empire, and other things, I know. Cool, so she's been around, but Clifford's been around a long time too, so it's neat that she got her start with our beloved red friend. All right, and so for next week, what is our trivia question going to be about? Who was a recurring voice actor from The Simpsons whose voice may have inspired um, Zach Brannigan, one of the characters from Futurama? Okay, so that's your trivia question for this week's episode. Go ahead and do your research and try to guess the answer for next week. And we will see you on the next episode of Animation Beyond. Bye. Bye.